Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. Today we get to talk about, I'm going to preach about God's power. The power of God. How many of you guys need the power of God in your life? Amen. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, The kingdom of God is not of talk, but of power. Everybody say power. We didn't come here this morning out of ritual, out of routine, out of a discipline, because I know I'm not disciplined enough to get up out of bed at 6.30 in the morning and roll. That's what time, I'm, it might not look like it, but that's because Ben was playing with my hair all during worship. Uh, I, I'm not disciplined enough. I come into the house of God because I know that God's going to meet me. I know that there's something about being in the presence of the Lord that changes us. Amen. And so this morning, as you came into this room, know that God has an appointment for you, that his power will work a miracle in your life. Whatever you have need of, God has already provided for through the blood of Jesus Christ. God is all powerful. He's omnipotent and he's about to step into your story. Amen. Amen. So the kingdom of God is not just talk. It's of power. We're not here just, you're not here to hear my words. You're here to hear from the very word of God. And his word is what changes us. Now, how many of you guys would say, I know that God is all powerful, but sometimes it doesn't seem like that in my life. Sometimes it doesn't seem, like I know he's all powerful. We've got, we've got the knowing, right? We've got the knowledge. He is all powerful. But sometimes it just, it doesn't seem like that. It doesn't seem like it's working its way out in that way in my life. Um, that poses another question. Is God limited in his abilities or is he not? He's not. But then it raises another question. Can God make a burrito so hot that even he can't eat it? Can he make a hot pocket so hot? Tina's like, I'm going to tell pastor because this is not what I signed up for this morning. Those of you who are visitors, thank you for joining, truly, thank you for joining us this morning. I won't be preaching next week, so you could come hear the real pastor next week. Um, that's a silly question because why would he, right? You're like, why would he? Um, but makes you think a little bit. And what I want to share with you is that God is all powerful in the fact that what he says goes. But do you know that God has actually placed limits on himself? The word of God says that he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to an everlasting life. Um, he's not willing that any should die and go to hell, but are people going to hell? There are some people who are going to hell. If, if you, uh, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. The Bible also says that all have sinned. If you've sinned at some point in time, go ahead and raise your hand. If you've stolen, you've dishonored your parents, you've murdered somebody. Well, I mean, but if you look at somebody as ha with hatred in your heart, it's as murder. If you look with somebody with lust in your heart, that's like committing uh, adultery with them. And so 
We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and we've fallen short of his glorious standard. But thanks be to God for Jesus Christ, who took our punishment on the cross. But you have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord for you to be saved. There is a limitation on God's power. He put it on himself, so he's not limited in the, in the sense that I can limit him, but he's the one who put the stipulation on his power. He's not like one of those superhero Marvel characters or whatever. I don't know what they are. You all know the difference. I don't know. Um, he's not like a character that, like, you've got to figure out how to hone him in because he doesn't have to, he doesn't know how to hone in his own power. He will not usurp your will. He won't try to get you, like, he won't make you get saved. There's nobody going to, going to be in heaven, um, who are there against their will. He doesn't make you love him. So all of that is to say, he has put boundaries on his power through his word. He's put limits on his power through his word. And so we can figure out those things through his word. Um, He doesn't keep anything a secret from us, thank God. Amen. We didn't have to know who Jesus was, but he chose to reveal him to us. Isn't that incredible? Praise God for that. And so I'm going to go through, and and again, forgive me, this morning I'm going to put on like a teaching hat a little bit. It's not going to be so much screaming at you and spitting at you. Um, like the, the wet section up here, like, I don't know, what is sea world? Um, but I'd like to take some time and, and teach you this morning. Is that okay? So stick with me a little bit. I'm going to try not to be boring and I'm going to try not to say too many lame jokes either, if that's okay with you guys. So how God's power works. You can write that down if you're taking notes, how God's power works. I, I tell the youth group all the time that, the best memory is still not as good as the shortest pencil. So if you write something down, you're sure to remember it. Uh, If you don't write it down, even if you have the best memory, you could forget it. So if the Spirit of God speaks something to you, write it down and write down some stuff that pertains to you. Amen? How God's power works. It works through His Word. God's power works through His Word. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. Verses 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. How did God's power work in this instance? God said, and there was. God said, and there was. Man, if we could just meditate on this, just grab a hold of the first three verses of the Bible that we have in our possession. Memorize it. God said, and it was. It's other people's circumstances and situations, stuff that we've seen in other people's lives, or maybe our own experience that makes us go, maybe it won't happen. Maybe it's not going to work. But if we go back to how God ordained things to be, God said, and it was. It, I know it sounds simple, but it is. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's how God works. 
is through simple things. It doesn't make sense to us. Shouldn't it be harder? Um, it's almost like some, I'll just say some people, not some of you, you know, it's almost like people want a hard relationship because they feel like, oh, it's too good to be true. So unless we're fighting, it's not good, right? Like if there's peace, then something must be wrong. If it's so easy, maybe that's, maybe it's not right, but it is right. The word of God is living and active. That word active means it's full of energy. God's word is full of power. The word of God is full of power. It will do what it's set out to do. His word never returns void. That means what it sets out to do, it will accomplish. God will accomplish his word in you. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So words carry the power of death and life. I'm going to move on. God is limited in his power only by the limitations that he's set on himself. So let me, let me give you a couple scriptures to give you an idea of what I'm talking about this morning. He will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on him. Very good. You guys know the word. Sometimes we'll walk around and we'll go, I don't know why I'm not in peace. Like God said that I could have peace. The why is because there's more to that verse. Those whose minds are stayed on him. It's hard to keep our minds stayed on him sometimes. Or is that just me? Sometimes it's hard to keep our minds stayed on him and we'll go, why am I not in peace? Well, we're not in peace because God laid out in his word how it is that we obtain that peace. And it's by keeping our minds stayed on him. Well, sometimes we might go, I don't understand why this path seems so hard in my life right now. I feel like I should be blessed and my path feels like it's going like this and it's not working out. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So there's like a whole lot to that verse uh, that we need to pay attention to. His power works through his word. So if I want my path to be straight, I've got to trust him in all my ways. I've got to lean on him. I've got to acknowledge him. So everywhere that I turn, I've got to be acknowledging him. And that is how my path becomes straight. Some of us, you know, we don't feel like we're at, we're at rest. How many of you guys have ever felt like I'm exhausted and I'm not at rest? And so sometimes we might be like, this is not how the Christian life is supposed to be. I should feel like at peace and I should feel at rest. And yet the Bible says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's just a side note. If you feel like, man, I'm not at, at, at rest, um, I feel at unrest, maybe get into the word of God in the morning. Maybe meet with and commune with Jesus. Spend time with him, and he'll put you at rest. Amen? His word, uh, his power works through his word. And so we've got, to, we've got to get in his word. Um, we can't take some of it and be like, all right, that's my word for today. We've got to keep it in context. I, I said uh, about my children, sometimes we'll be at a party and they'll, uh, they'll ask somebody random for a dessert. You know how that goes, right? They're not going to ask you. They're at a house with other people. And so they'll ask somebody else for a dessert, and they'll go, did mom say that you can have a cookie? 
Um, and their answer is yes. And I go, I can hear it from the other room. And I go, I said after dinner, after there's, there's an addition to that clause. And that's how the word of God is. He doesn't just save all of us. We have to believe him and then we're saved. He doesn't just save everybody. We have to believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth and choose to follow him. Uh, there's, there's limitations to how his power works through us. He doesn't just snatch you out of hell and bring you to heaven. There is something that he put in his word to tell us how his power can work within us. And just like my kids, you miss something, children. I said, after dinner, you could have the dessert. And obviously, God's not looking at us like that. And he's like, you know, I said, he's not like that, like I am with my children. Um, but there's, there's parts in his word that we have to get into. And so if you know a scripture that you're hanging on to, I want to encourage you to get in around it. Read the context of the verse. What did it say beforehand? What did it say afterwards? What is it talking about? Um, we can't be the kind of Christians that do that and be like, okay, that is my word for today. What is it today? There is an evil that I have seen under the sun. The sort of error that arises from a ruler. Fools are put in many high positions. Oh, Lord. So, like, that can't give you the word for the day. It's like opening a fortune cookie and not putting anything to practice. Okay, I got to move on or, you know, I'm going to get in trouble here. Sometimes for us to receive our breakthrough, we just got to get in the word and see what does the word say about my situation. Because this is not just the word. This is, whose word is this? This is God's word. God spoke and it was. It was. Amen. The next way that God's power work is through faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Sounds a little bit like the word that we received this morning. Amen. So you're going to see the way that the spirit of God works and the way that the spirit of God moves. Um, they weren't here the, the morning service. They didn't hear what I preached about. So you guys get to see how the spirit of God actually puts everything together. It's going to be really awesome for you. God's power works through faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Philemon 1.6 says that the communication of your faith may become effectual. How many of you would like your faith to be effective? How many of you would like your faith to actually do something? Isn't that the point? So this is saying, how can my faith become effective? This is telling us how. So that's what I'm talking about. Get in the word and get around it. This is saying, your faith becomes effectual by acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. We can have faith and it's powerful, it's effective when we acknowledge all that we have in him. Everything that we have in him. When we get to a situation and our mind starts turning because we're thinking about all the possible outcomes, the one that you need to land on is what the word of God says your possible outcome is. There's actually only one possible outcome. It's whatever God said. And so when your mind is saying something else, that's why we got to renew our minds. We got to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. If your mind is saying something other than the word of God, you get back in the word of God. And that helps to build your faith. Hearing the word of God helps you to build your faith. Now I want to say something. You can believe, but you have to believe without doubting. 
Believe, doubting, nothing. That is the hard part, isn't it? Because I, I believe. But there are some times that those little doubts creep up. And you go, oh man, I, you start to wonder. And you start to get concerned. Um, but we have to believe without doubting because God's power works through faith. And did you know that we can actually limit God's power? We can limit God's power. I'll show you how. It's in Mark chapter 6, verses 5 through 6. I'm just going to read it from there rather than turning. Mark chapter 6, 5 through 6. How many of you guys would say that, like, Jesus is probably the best person for us to look towards to see miracles and signs and wonders, to see what God can do? So Jesus, the very Son of God, he is God. Um, he walked here on this earth. I would think that Jesus is a pretty good example. And if I wanted to follow a minister, I'd be like, yeah, Jesus is the one because he's the one who can do miracles. So this is what I want to show you. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them. He couldn't do any miracles among them. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't. He couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people. It was because of their unbelief that he could not do many miracles. How does God, God's power work? If we feel like it's not working for me in this situation, take a moment and step back. Don't get frantic. Don't freak out. Sometimes that's what we do. When something's not working immediately, we freak out and we panic. Don't panic. Take a step back. Is there any area where I'm doubting him? Is there any, any, any place where I'm doubting him in this situation where I think maybe he's not going to pull through for me? And then get in the word. Step back. Examine it. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. Is there any place where I'm doubting you? Get in the word. Build your faith up. And it will come to pass. His power works through faith. His power works through belief in him. I know it sounds so easy. Just believe God. Believe what he said. Believe without doubting. And Jesus couldn't do the miracles because people doubted. And so if you're in a situation where you go, oh man, it's not working. It's not that God is not going to work. It's just that we got to take a step back and build up our faith. Amen. God will not go outside of his word to save you. He loves us, but he's not going to go outside of his word because then he'd be denying himself, his nature, and his character. He's not going to go outside of his word to save us. Look at Peter. So Peter, uh, he was like a really zealous disciple of Jesus. Um, he followed him uh, wholeheartedly sometimes, and other times Jesus had to call him Satan because he didn't know what, what was going on. Um, and thank God it turned out good for Peter. So if you're in the same situation, there's hope for you. Amen. <laughs> so Jesus is walking on the water at night. They think it's a ghost. The disciples are scared. They're freaking out. I'm sorry. I would too. I'd be like, I don't, I don't know what I got myself into. Um, but Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. So Peter begins to walk on the water and what happens when Peter sees the wave? 
he begins to sink. Was he or was he not very close to Jesus in, in body? They were physically close, close enough that Jesus could reach out and grab him and pull him up. And still, God doesn't go outside of his work to save us. Jesus was close. Jesus was so close there in that moment. He was there in bodily form so he could pull him out. But if Jesus' physical body wasn't there, Peter would have sunk. And sometimes we sink. Sometimes we're sinking. It doesn't matter how close we are to Jesus. Sometimes we're sinking. And why? Because we don't have our eyes in his word. We don't have our hearts in his word. We're not believing what he said. And sometimes we'll be like, I feel so close to you, God. I don't understand why you would let this happen to me. And it's not because he's letting it happen to you. It's because you just need to believe. We just need to believe his word. He won't go outside of his word for you. He did not go outside of his word for Jesus. Jesus said, if you can, let this cup pass from me. If God didn't go outside of his word for Jesus, he's not going to go outside of his word for us. So it doesn't matter if you're kicking and screaming and drowning. I'm sorry. You've got to believe the word. He won't go outside of his word to save you. You've got to get back in his word. It doesn't matter how much, if you're gargling, the water, the bubbles are coming up out. It does not matter. You've got to get in the word. You've got to believe his word. I, that, I had a good picture of that because I've almost drowned several times in my life. So I could tell you exactly how it felt. It's you see the bubbles going up and then eventually it goes black. And then they pull you up out of the water and they, ah, that's a story for a different day. I've almost drowned three times in my life. So yeah, devil's a liar. Well, one time it was my fault. So, you know, I'll tell you a story. You know, those, those like round inner tubes that you step into. Well, now they've made them differently. Thank God. But there used to be a strap in the middle. So you put your leg in and then your other leg in. So I was cool, you know, I was a little, I was little, and I jumped off the diving board. Uh, I landed upside down, though. So I was stuck in the thing that keeps you afloat. I was stuck in it upside down. And I couldn't get out because it was tight, you know, like, anyway. Again, another story for a different day. But I was stuck upside down. Somebody had to save me that time. I won't tell you the other, I'll spare you the other times. The rapids. The rapids the one time, I almost drowned there. But it doesn't matter if you're seeing the bubbles come up and everything's going dark. God saves you through his word, through believing in his word. He won't go outside of it. So don't panic. I'm telling you right now, I've been through a thing or two. Don't panic. Take a step back. Is there something from his word that I'm missing? Or is there something from his word that I haven't put in place? Is there something from his word that I'm not yet believing? Is there an area in my life that I am doubting? Is there something that he told me to do that I haven't yet done? Lay your hands on the sick and they'll recover. You don't have to keep praying for Aunt Tilly. Go to her house and lay your hands on her. You don't have to... uh, I was going to talk about uncle... No, I'm just kidding. Believe doubting nothing. Don't doubt. Believe his word over everybody else's word. Believe his word over the doctor's report. Believe his word over your psychologist's report. 
believe his word over your employer's report. I don't care if they said we're going to lay you off next week. You have a job. You're provided for in Jesus' name. It does not matter the avenue in which it comes, but it will come to you, and you'll receive it. Believe, doubting, nothing. And the word says believe that you already have it, and you will have it. I'm sorry. But that seems counterproductive. I can't believe that I already have something that I don't have. You can. Yeah, that is called faith. That is called believing God. It is already mine. Jesus did it on the cross. It is called the finished work of the cross and not the finished works of the cross for a reason. He doesn't have to keep doing. It's already done. Everybody say it's finished. Another way that his power works is through your word. Everybody say my word. His power works through your words. This is not a new age thing. Don't worry. I'm not going to get into anything funky. Um, this is from the word of God. I'm only going to teach you what the word of God says. And this is not, uh, I speak positive over positive thinking and positive blah, blah, blah. This is do what God said. And it works. His power works because he said that that's how it works. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So if you want life to come to something, you speak life to it. If you want something to die in your life, some of us need things to die in our life. Cancer needs to die, and it needs to bow at Jesus' feet. Sickness needs to die. Incurable disease needs to die. So you curse the incurable. You curse the cancer cells. You curse sickness in Jesus' name, and you speak life, restoration to the cells in Jesus' name. I speak life to my finances in Jesus' name. You can speak life. I speak joy and peace and health in Jesus' name. You use your words to speak life. Use your words to repeat the word of God. Aren't we children of God? Aren't we his offspring? Don't we respond to his word? So if we echo the words of heaven, that's what's going to come to pass in our lives. Amen? Jesus said to us, believe with your mouth, or believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. There's like, it's like, almost like a formula. But obviously there's, there's a little bit more moving parts to it. Jesus said, uh, let's turn to Mark chapter 11 verse 23. Thank you. I'm just going to read it from there. I don't know why. I just, there we go. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. I tell you the truth. You, 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 you can say to this mountain. Now, I have at times spoken to real mountains I have. Um, sometimes you don't want to walk up it. You want to go around it. I know that God can do this literally, but we more often than not come to more of a figurative mountain. So I'm not saying that you can't say to a mountain, because you can. But we more often than not come to a figurative mountain that we need to move. 
right? You, you, not the minister. Praise God for our ministers. I'm one of them. Not the evangelist. Praise God for our evangelists. They're one, they're two of, they're three of them. Not the deacons, not the elders, though again, we're here for a reason. You can say to the mountain, you, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. You can speak a thing and see it come to pass in your life. Jesus, when he was speaking to his disciples, he said, I give you authority to cleanse the leper, to cast out the demons, to heal the sick. You'll see them recover. He also you said you can drink a deadly thing and it won't poison or a poison thing and it won't kill you. Uh, you could tread on scorpions and you won't die. He said, I give you this authority. When the, when the disciples were passing by the gate called Beautiful and there was the beggar who was asking for money, he's, uh, I think it was Peter or John, I don't know who it was. What I have, uh, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, stand up and walk. He done, he pulled him up. That's called a working of miracles. He done pulled the guy up and he jumped to his feet and he was jumping and leaping and praising God all the way into the temple. He knew I possess something. You possess a power inside of you from the living God, and it is released by the words that come out of your mouth. What we bind on earth is bound in heaven. What we loose on earth is loose in heaven. It is as he said it is. It will be as he said it will be. And it will surely come to pass. If you believe that for your life, shout amen. Amen. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. And go ahead and give your praise to God. Hallelujah. I think you're getting it this morning. Let the weak say I am. Let the poor say I am. There's something that we got to release from our mouths because we have the power inside of us. God would have never created the earth if he never spoke. If he just had all the ideas in his head and in his heart and he never said it, it would have never been. But you can speak and see a thing come to pass. Amen. I got to move on. The next portion I'm saying uh, or is uh, his love. His power works through his love. God's power works through his love. God's sole motivation is love. His sole motivation is love. We read in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, if I, if I make noise, or it's just noise, if I do it without love, um, I could sacrifice my body in the fire. If I do it without love, it's nothing. It's worth nothing. You could give. I'm sorry, but this is what the Bible says. You can give. And if the motivation isn't love, it's worth nothing. So if you do anything without the motivation of love, it's nothing. And God, what he does in our lives, it's not because he needs another servant. 
It's not because he needs to use us. He needs to chew us up and spit us out. It's because he loves us. So everything he does in our lives, it's because he loves us with an everlasting love. That's his motivation. He created us. Why? To be with us. Could you imagine just wanting to be with somebody because you just want to be with them? That's incredible. He made us to be with us. He loves us so much with an everlasting love. He loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for us, to forgive us of our sins. His motivation was to save us. Why? So that we could be restored to a perfect relationship with him. So that we could know him. So that we could be loved by him. So that we can know what it's like to be cared about and loved. Some of us have been through a thing or two. And you don't know what it's like to be loved. There's somebody who loves you. But what, what about here? What about here on this earth? There's somebody who loves you. He loves you. And that's worth more than any love on this earth. Amen? His power works through love. May you understand. This is um, Ephesians 3.19. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully. What we can't understand in God, we can still experience. Amen? Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. You want to experience God's power working in you? Start experiencing his love. Um, I don't, I'm not sure where it is in the Bible, but it talks about how the Israelites knew God's acts. But Moses knew his ways. The Israelites knew God's acts, but Moses knew his ways. You know that there is no way to know everything that God can do. There's no way. Because I think it was even John, he wrote in, the, in his gospel that if we were to write down all the good works that Jesus did, I suppose even the earth would not contain the books because there would be so many books of all the good things that Jesus did. Obviously, that's a, that's a figure of speech. He's trying to say Jesus did a whole lot of good things, but there's stuff that's not in the word that Jesus did. And I'm not trying to get extra biblical and say go outside of the Bible and like start barking at services and doing weird stuff. Um, but what I'm saying is there's, if you know the heart of God, if you know that he loves us, it doesn't matter what you know that he can do. You need to know what he's like. And if you know what he's like, you'll know that he can do anything for you. You know that nothing is outside his reach. Nothing is outside his grasp. His arm is not too short. His ear is not too deaf. He can do all things. His power can work in you. And you can know and understand it if you know and understand how great he loves us. Amen. The next portion I want to go into, that was how God's power works. Now this is what can his power do. Now this is the, the really good stuff. So if you didn't catch all that because I was boring you, at least start to click in now, okay? You guys don't look bored. Some of you look a little bit tired, but I'm going to give you a pass because it's Sunday. And it's, no, it's past noon, so I don't know what to tell you. What can his power do? His power 
can break the curse of sin. His power breaks the curse. Galatians 3.13 says that we are redeemed from the curse of the law. If it was done by the devil, if it entered this earth because of Satan, you can be redeemed from that through the blood of Jesus. So childbearing with pain, that was a curse. You are redeemed by the, from the curse of the law. Some of you don't think it works. It works. I had my first son. I prayed and asked God uh, for Samuel. I asked the Lord. Somebody said, like, pray about even how much they weigh. Pray about what they look like. Pray about how much they're going to weigh. Because, you know, if you have a heavy baby, that's going to that's gonna be something. So I was like, I would like a child. And this is, you know, my first child. I want my baby to be 7 pounds, 7 ounces, brown hair, blue eyes. And I want the labor and delivery to be less than two hours. So, it was, I was, whatever, and sorry, men, you can't really, like, relate to this, but you can relate to what God did. Um, so I go, you know, I was 40 weeks plus a couple days, and they were like, if you're not, if you're not having the baby by Monday, we'll, we'll break your water. So I go in, it's scheduled, somebody called me and was like, it would be like you to have a baby on schedule. Um, so they're gonna break my water, I go in and they, they check to see, and they're like, oh, you're, you are having contractions right now. Um, you are seven centimeters dilated. And I went, okay. So I don't like, so I got three to go is what you're telling me. And they're like, uh, yeah. So, you know, they break my water. I'm in the, the room and the, the doctor goes, I'll see you in a few hours. And I'm like, no, you won't. You're not going to see me in a few hours. Within an hour and 23 minutes, Samuel was crying, already outside, born. Yeah, glory to God. His word says, you know, part of the curse was pain and childbearing. Like, and it's not just having children. It's the rearing the children. It's raising them. It's that whole thing. There, there sometimes comes a mess. That was part of the curse of the law. But we are redeemed from the curse of the law. So I took what his word said and I applied it to my life. And I said, I don't want to be in labor forever. And I don't want to have a painful childbirth. And I want a child who's healthy and well. And I had a seven pound, seven ounce, brown hair, blue eyed boy named Samuel. And I had him within an hour and 23 minutes of my water being broken. So go ahead and give God praise one more time. I'm not an anomaly. I'm not somebody who's, I'm not a Joyce Meyer. I'm not somebody who stands on a platform every single week, 10 times a week. I'm a believer. And what you can have what you say. You can have what you believe. His power breaks the curse over your life. And so I don't care if it's addiction. I don't care what it is. God's power can break it off of you. I don't care if it's financial problems that keep following you and you're like, man, I got my life right and this debt is still here and I don't know what to do. God can break that stuff off of you. Now you're a believer. 
you need to be responsible. So don't be racking up debt and then asking God to help me out of this because there are things called inroads. The devil can't touch your spirit, but if you slap somebody in the face, they're going to slap you back. You can't be like, I'm a child of God. You can't slap me back. They're going to be like, because they're, we're still in this body. We're still in this world. So there are natural consequences. I'll, I'll go a little. The power of God can break the curse over our lives. But don't bring natural consequences into your life by the stuff that you're doing. So what I'm saying is the peace of God can enter your mind and you can have peace in your mind. But if you're watching horror movies, don't you dare say the devil is tormenting me with a spirit of fear. Shut off the TV. Shut off the TV. Don't be like, I don't understand why the devil is tempting me with a spirit of lust all the time. She looks good on TikTok. They're like, come on. It's, it's you. It's you. You're free because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And here you are partaking in all this garbage. Don't do it. And again, don't be like, the devil's attacking my finances. And you've never done a budget. Never. Never once. You don't know how much money is going out. You don't know how much is coming in. And listen, I understand. There are people who aren't good with finances. I get it. And, and God can help you. He really can. He can give you the wisdom. You can say, God, what can I do? Let this be a little bit of wisdom for you. Do a budget. And it's not co- like in any type of condemnation at all. Do a budget. But don't say the devil is attacking my finances. Don't give him so much credit. Do a budget. Stop buying all your Fiji water at Wawa. He doesn't complain about his finances, but uh, Starbucks is like $9 for a coffee. The devil is not attacking your finances. You need to brew at home. Now, some of us with children, there she is. You could buy it from Krispy Kreme at $10. There you go. That'll last you many, 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 many days. God has redeemed your children from the curse. They're free. There's not a generational curse on your children. You're a believer in Jesus Christ. They are not cursed generationally. You broke it when you gave your heart to Jesus. Now, will they take after your personality? It might not be a generational curse. It might be a, I got to start fixing my face in front of my children. Because they're going to develop your attitude. It's not the devil. <laughs> it's you. Uh, you. You have that same attitude when you're in traffic. You do that when you're frustrated. The devil, listen. There are inroads for the devil trying to get in our lives. He can't attack our spirit as believers, but there are natural consequences. There are natural reactions to what we do or don't do. So if you're having a problem with your child, listen, let me say it to you this way. We bring our children 
to sports because we want them to grow physically. We bring them to school because we want educationally. We don't want them to be the cashier at the register who's, who's like, okay, you gave me nine fifty seven, Or it was nine fifty seven. you gave me a 10. What do I do? We want our children to grow educationally. But when our kids push back to us about church, then we go, oh, maybe I shouldn't make them go to church. But yet you make them go to school. You make them go to the sports practice that you paid for. You make them exercise because it's good for them. I make my kids eat broccoli even, they, even though they don't want to. So then bring them to church with you. Have them be in the house of God. You can't make them choose God, but you can make them more apt to be able to choose God by bringing them into the house of God. And if we're not going to read the word of God to our children, if we're going to dull their spirits because at night we're just going to watch a show for the next five hours, you can't be doing that. We can't do that stuff. It's not the devil attacking you. It's we're not sowing into our children. We're not sowing into our families. We've got to read the word of God with them. We've got to spend time in the spirit. You got to pray with your kids. Pray with your spouse. Pray with somebody who loves you. If you're not married, you don't have children. Some of that, some of you, that's your situation. Pray with somebody who loves you. But listen, we've got to, we've got to pour in and sow into our children. We've got to sow into our families. Uh, the church can't be the only people who are praying for and teaching the word of God to our kids. We can't dull them to the things of God. I'll tell you this. My children are notorious for every Wednesday night. Are we going to read the Bible? And every Wednesday night I go, you were just at church. No, we're not going to read the Bible. You were just there for an hour and a half. Sometimes it's because I'm like, like it's nine o'clock. You just don't want to go to bed. Like that's the deal. Really? But one day God spoke to me and said, don't dull their desire. And I went, Sometimes I still go, you were just at church. And then they get their Bible and they lay in their bed and they say, mom, we're ready. And I come and I read to them the word of God and I pray with them. We pray in the Holy Spirit and I tell them and I teach them the word of God. I don't want to be thinking the devil is attacking me when I just haven't poured into them. God has redeemed us from the curse. He has broken the curse off of those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ. You're redeemed. You're set free. No addiction can take hold in your life. No bondage can stay. You don't have to give in to temptation. Uh, You don't have to live in poverty and lack. You are redeemed from the curse of the law. Those of you who have not yet received Jesus Christ, it's yours for the taking. You can make a choice and a decision and say, I want that. I want that free gift that comes from the Father. Amen? You can be set free, you can be delivered, you can be redeemed from all that has tried to take from you. Matthew 11, verse 29. We're getting ready to pray for a few of you guys this morning. The power of God is at work, his spirit is at work even now. This is right after Jesus has cast out devils, okay? So he cast out demons. 
And the people's response was, well, you must be filled with a demon. Seems counterproductive. Um, And so this is what Jesus says in response to them saying, well, you cast out a demon because you're demonic. Like, basically, you're on the same team as Satan. This is what Jesus says. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man, then he can plunder his house. The devil may have felt like he was a strong man in your life, but here Jesus shows us that there is one who's stronger than the strong man. His name is Jesus Christ. He came to destroy the works of the devil, the works of darkness, sickness and depression and anxiety, all kinds of incurable things. He came to set us free. When he died on the cross, he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave and took them back. He has saved us. He has redeemed us. And he is here to deliver you today in Jesus' name. If you believe it, give him a shout of praise. There is one who is stronger than the strong man. Amen. Finally, God's power works by restoring us. He restores. It was not enough for Jesus just to raise Lazarus from the dead. If you've been dead four days, you have some rotting going on in your body. I know because of what a mouse looks like after it's been dead a few days. Sometimes I don't check the trap and anyway. So, you guys like that one? You like that one? If Jesus just heals and doesn't restore, everything that was rubble before stays rubble. You just stop getting destroyed. If he just heals your cancer, well, you don't have cancer anymore, but, you know, you're missing your ovaries, you're missing your uterus, you're missing, you know, all the parts that could actually help you to reproduce if you wanted to have another child. God restores. He actually makes you as if that destruction never happened. So the enemy comes in to destroy, but God restores. We see that in our relationship with God. The devil destroyed our relationship with God through sin. Now, obviously, we know it was Adam and Eve's choice. They were deceived. But sin came in through that way, and then God sent his son, Jesus, to die for our criminal charges to be nailed with him on the cross. So everything that was against us, the full wrath of God was actually poured on out on Jesus Christ. There's actually no wrath for your sin left to pour out on you. If you go to hell, it's because you did not receive Jesus as your savior. Nobody in this room can go to hell by accident. You're going to hell by choice if you choose not to follow Jesus. So the full wrath of God was already satisfied in Jesus Christ. Isn't that incredible? But God raised him up from the dead and he's alive right now so that we could be restored. So that our relationship with him can be restored. Did you know that everlasting life starts now? It doesn't start when you get to heaven. It starts now. You are who you're going to be in your spirit right now. It's your body that gets changed. It's the mortal. It gets clothed with the immortal. So we get to change this body out for a glorified body. 
Amen. Glory to God. But our spirits are eternal. We're bound for eternal life and we have it right now. And so we can have a restored, perfect relationship with God, our Father, right now. Isn't that awesome? 1 Peter 5, 8 through 10. We're going to pray in a moment. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering as you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. When it says restore, that means he brings you back to fully functional. It means he brings you back to what you were meant to be. And so I don't care what kind of turmoil you, I I care. It doesn't matter what kind of turmoil you've been through. It doesn't matter what kind of devastation has gone in your life. It doesn't matter what has happened in your house. It doesn't matter what's happened in your mind. It doesn't matter what's happened in your career. Some people lose their career that they were in all of their lives, and all of a sudden they got to start from scratch, and they go, what do I do? You have God. You really have him. He's here for a reason. I was reflecting and meditating on the stories of Job and Joseph and Jacob. Joseph lost everything because his brother sold him. How many of you guys have a sibling that would do something dirty to you like that? His brother sold him into slavery and he, you know, he got done dirty over and over and over again, you know, falsely accused in jail. That's what happened when I went to jail. I was falsely accused. Um, I'm just kidding. I didn't go to jail. Um, He was, he was in jail and then he got to the palace. He was restored to better than he was before. To better than he was before. And then there was Jacob, his father. He thought he lost his son. And God let him see his son. He thought his son was murdered. I think about Job. And Job, he lost everything. Even his wife. I think the devil only let his wife stay around because she was like, she was no good for him. She was like, curse God and die. Uh, That's a little far. Um, And so he lost his house. He lost his livestock. He lost his kids. I don't know that there's a greater pain here on this earth than losing your kids. One, he lost all of them. That's pain. I feel like you don't forget that. And yet you see that God restored to Job double. And you see him having a good time at the end of it all. God can do that for you. He can restore. It feels like it's impossible. Some situations feel like there is no way. Like, what? how can you do that? How can you fix this? But he makes a way where there is no way. The cross is proof that the devil's destruction will never be greater than God's ability to restore. The cross is proof of it. God can redeem you from everything that the devil has done. God can redeem everything and restore everything that the devil tried to do to destroy you. He can fix 
your addiction. He can break that off of you. And not only that, he can restore your mental capacities. If that was from addiction, that that got harmed. Jesus can heal it all. He can do it all. He can, you don't get worse off than dead. And yet he can raise people from the dead. And they're not all rotten. They're fully functional. The girl that he raised from the dead, she went on to drink and eat. You can be fully functional, restored from everything that the devil tried to do to your life. I want you to stand to your feet. Hallelujah. God can make you a sign and a wonder to the people around you who know your story. God can make you a sign and a wonder that something that was impossible, God actually did. He can make you a sign and a wonder. He can make you a miracle. And I believe that that miracle working power is in this room today. As we've believed his word, as we've not doubted, as we've heard what he said, we're going to repeat out of our mouths what he said for us to do. During this next week, I want to encourage you. Get into the word of God. Do it today because you'll forget tomorrow. I'm just being honest. Find out your situation. It's something that maybe you have in your heart that you need God to work for you. Get in the word. Find one verse and memorize it. Meditate on it. One word, one scripture that comes alive to you is more valuable than knowing this from front to back. One scripture that you actually believe will do more for you in a moment than a lifetime of just skimming this. Get it in your heart. So that is your assignment. Everybody say homework. I'm not trying to to break the mood and break the work of the spirit, but you got homework to do. Get in the word. Find one Bible verse. Memorize it. Pertaining to your life. Not what somebody else needs. Get what you need from the word of God and begin to meditate on that. Let it come alive to you and start to believe it. I would like you to close your eyes and bow your heads. If you by chance came into the sanctuary, the house of God, and you know that you have sinned against God, you know that your heart is not right with him. You know that you've been separated from him because of your sin. But through hearing the word of God, you also now recognize that Jesus died to take your place. That your criminal charges were nailed to the cross. And you want to receive that free gift. Notice what I said. It is a free gift. If that's you and you would say, I know I've sinned, but I need to receive this free gift of Jesus' forgiveness. And I want to follow him from now on. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. You would say, I know I've sinned against God and I want to make my heart right. There's a couple of hands going up, so don't be shy. Anybody else in this place that you would say, I know that I've sinned against God and I need to be made right with him and I want to receive him as my savior today. Those of you who have your hands raised, if you would, come meet me at the altar. I want to pray for you. So come out of your seat. Move from where you're at. There's, there's some people who are moving. I want you to come forward right here. I'm going to pray for you. Anybody else that you would say, I need to get my heart right? Hallelujah. Come on and give God the praise.
you're taking hold of the faith and you want to place a contact today that you would say I need a miracle from God if that's you I want you to come stand right here we're going to pray for you just shoulder to shoulder right up at front we're going to pray for any person who needs a miracle in your body you need healing you need something to happen in your family you guys can pray right over here and we're going to begin to pray for you guys God's about to do something because we heard his word and we believe it amen those of you who came to receive the Lord, you can repeat this after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe in my heart that you died for me. I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord. I believe that you were raised from the dead. And you are alive right now, giving me power over sin. your Holy Spirit that I would live for you all the days of my life in Jesus name
presence of the Lord, isn't it? Amen. Well, again, don't forget your homework assignment. You have to get a Bible verse and meditate on it and memorize it. Let it pertain to your life. Amen. And also don't forget that there's Krispy Kremes. I'm sorry to do an infomercial, but, you know, some of us got to eat some, some of those Krispy Kremes. God bless you guys. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.